Welcome to the Exploring Podcast. My name is Corin Young here at RK Studios, and this is our first episode in close to two years. And I'm excited to be joined by one of my good friends. This is Matt Green. He is a producer, writer, and director who began his career working on music videos in the late 1990s. This is back when music videos were like the biggest thing. And you can make money doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of went through a phase where you couldn't real. There was nothing in music videos for a long time. And then right. with the uh, invention of YouTube, yeah, mm-hmm. music videos are, are big things now. He's optioned scripts. He's written for television. He's directed feature films. He's also a professor in the communication department and the chair of the cinema and digital arts degree at the Masters University Online, where he shares his knowledge and love of the arts with hundreds of budding content creators. And he's a, one of my personal mentors when I got into teaching, too. And I'm really happy to he- have Matt Green here. Welcome. Thank you, Corn. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite things to do when we're working on our projects at the Masters University is share with the students how long we've known each other. Because these students are young. They're like yeah. maybe 19, yes. 20, 21. And we've known each other how long now? 25 years? Something like that. Yeah, what, 93 or 94? 94 is when we started at Valencia High School. That's when you started. I started in 96. So I think that's when I first met oh, you. Oh, okay, got it. In Mr. Babco's guitar classes. Like that's my first right. big yes. memory with you. And I, yep, I sat in the back and uh, I could play the uh, the theme to Mission Impossible. And that that's was awesome. it. That was, oh. that, that was it. Do you still play? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm lo- the one non-musical person in my family. No, I don't am. say that. It's oh. a bummer, too. I wish that I could play piano. Um, I-, I love hearing my daughter play. She plays piano. My wife can play piano. Uh, and they'll sit outside in, uh, in our living room and play, and it's relaxing. I love it. Do you own I a can- guitar? Uh, no, I don't Honestly, have a guitar. Haven't even tried yeah, no. Mission Impossible lately. No. <laughs> it would be, I don't even know if I, I could do G chord maybe and that's about it. Um, you know, what's funny. The one thing I remember, um, most about being in that class with you wasn't so much any music that you were playing, but you were doing like voice impressions. Oh yes. And your, your big one, I see you did George W. Bush. You were doing Bill Clinton. So you did a lot of political stuff. That's right. And now still do the Clinton. Now you're all about the Trump. Uh, it's right. It's a big deal. I'm a big deal. I've done a lot of big deals, Cohen. Thank you for having me here. Tell this is probably you. You said that you haven't done a podcast in two years. Glad you're consistent. That's why I came on to help you make the show big. It's gonna be. It's gonna be big. It's gonna blow up. Bigly. Bigly. It's gonna be bigly. Yeah, that. And you were in the drama department too, right? I was a lot of drama. Yes, I was. Yeah. Well, in the, oh, drama, and, department. And the drama department. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. I was in the drama department. Um, Do you remember the place that you were in? Oh, Corn. I um, let's see. I did one play, and I'll be honest with you. Um, I was. Um, this is <laughs> don't don't say you were man number two or something. No, no, no. So here's the deal. Uh, we were doing Bye Bye Birdie, which I love. It's a fun musical, and I auditioned. And I wa- are you familiar with the show? Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to be Conrad Birdie. Okay. Of course. And yeah. so of course that's the Elvis the Presley sure. thing. Well, he's not really the lead, but it's the flashy role. Okay. I'll try to Elvis Presley, you know, I thought, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'll be able to, do, you know, nail it. So I got up there and I was super pumped and I didn't get that role, but I got the lead role. <laughs> oh, which one was the lead role? Then? I forget. It's the main character who I, I don't remember the, the, the guys. Um, it's, um, I forget the guy's name, but he, I get that role. I get cast as that. But in my selfishness and pride, oh. I said, that's not the role I want. So I went to the drama teacher. Do you remember the drama teacher? Donna Manfredi. Donna Manfredi, who's, I believe, at uh, a, now a principal out here or a, a vice principal at a school in okay. Santa Clarita. 
And I said, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to do it because of X, Y, and Z. I made up some lame excuse. And I, th- I don't think she was very happy with me. And so I gave up the main role because I was selfish and just didn't get the flashy role I wanted. To her credit, she was really cool. So she came back to me a couple months later and said, you do voices and all this kind of stuff. She goes, well, um, I know it's, it's not a big role, but... Um, um, what, what's the name of the, um, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan. I, Thank you. I had a so feeling that's what Ed Sullivan is in Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. So typically most plays just play a recording of it. She said, well, you do voices. Can you do Ed Sullivan? And I said, well, I've never tried. So I said, well, let me, let me see. So this was like two weeks before the show. So a week before they start doing actual rehearsals on stage and I'm supposed to come and do my thing. I'm literally on stage for 30, 40 seconds. Okay. So I show up and I do not have the voice. And I get out there and mum, just completely botch no. my paragraph. It was not good. So I went home. I had a week. I said, okay. I, I told her, I said, listen, I know it was not good. I'll have it. So I went home. And again, we didn't have the internet right. the you, way we did. There was no YouTube. So I went to the library and I got a bunch of old uh, Ed Sullivan TV show tapes and watched hours of Ed Sullivan and got all the mannerisms down and the voice and got in and I, boom. So I would show up like right before showtime get in there, you know, they do hair, makeup, whatever, get out, do uh, walk out, do my little bit. And it was, it got like, people loved it, loved it. And, um, and that was it. Uh, and then I, boom, I was done. Uh, yeah. But that's awesome that she brought you back in. Cause you, you would have just been like through this whole program. The, the, the fact that she didn't like, just say, forget it. Like, honestly, it was a lot of grace that she showed me and it was, I've never forgotten that. And so I truly appreciated that from her. Um, it made me appreciate her. So I actually then, she did these talent shows. And so I came back and hosted several of those. In your um, Ed Sullivan voice. No, no doubt. <laughs> I did do other impressions, but I didn't, I don't think I did Ed Sullivan. You know, right here, right, you know, that was kind of, I don't it's know. It's a really big shoe. It's really, really big. Right here, right now, in now. You know, that's a little high. It's no, like, almost a little like a Kermit the Frog right. meets that's the Johnny right. Carson. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Johnny Carson, that's, that's right. Uh, that was weird and wild. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. I love. Mm-hmm. I love the impression. Now, the other thing I remember about you in high school was um, I was uh, producing uh, VTV or what we called Viking Television yeah. Yeah. back then. The students today call it Valencia Television, which kind of irks me, but that's I would not know. what it was originally called. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you came on and you did did some uh, some bits. Yeah. Uh, the most popular one or the recurring one that I remember was with uh, Dominic Marcaselli. Right. Which I believe he's like a high school teacher now, right? Yeah. 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 Well, he, he teaches, uh, he's the ASB director at Castaic High School. Okay. But uh, do you, do you remember the shtick that you guys were doing? I do. Then? Yeah. It was, um, the, the, the sketch that we had was, uh, I came on one day and we would, we we're supposed to go back and forth on the news yeah. and, uh, he came on and, and he said his part, he started, and I go to say the next thing, he interrupts and takes my lines. And he continues to do that over the entire show. And I'm sitting there going, what the heck? Why is this guy? What? Like, as though it's not like, whatever. Then I can't remember if it was the next day or then two days later, it came on the news. He's tied up, he's gagged. Yeah. And I did the whole thing by myself. I might even have like a second of that still somewhere. I wonder if I can I, mean, find I don't it. think we need to find it, but that's okay. I, th- I think maybe we could. <laughs> I, I, let's, let's keep it in. We remember it fondly. It's probably not as funny I as we remember I love finding it. clips of you in <laughs> high know. school. Also, the air band competition, <laughs> which is so one that, of my favorites. That's a fun one because um, we uh, they didn't air. It was supposed to be this big <laughs> air band. <laughs> oh, the event. competition. That's yes, right. It was supposed to be, and nobody else signed up yeah, except you, me and Jeremiah Johnson uh-huh. and a few of our friends to do the Blues Brothers. And uh, so we did the Blues Brothers. 
and uh, that's on YouTube. So um, yeah, yeah, I put it up on YouTube. <laughs> I, uh, I I found the clip, and it's got you guys dancing as yeah. uh, Jake and Elwood Blues. Yeah. And in the background, I'm sitting there like on top of one of the speakers or something like that, just like watching from the <laughs> other side. Because you know, when I was in ASB, one of the perks was like being at the rallies and like getting to feel like I was important. So like I'm on the the floor hanging out with the band, and it was that was fun. That I, was I remember I've shown it to uh, my kids. My daughter's like, "Wow, I didn't know you could move." Uh, like that. Yeah. And so, and you, you still move pretty well. You play basketball all the time. Like you're, I'm older now, so it's, but you're aging a lot better than most of us. (laughs) Yeah. So So let's talk about, uh, something that you and I didn't even know when we were talking 26 years ago, but we have another connection. That's right. And it's through universal studios. I know of all the things like we both kind of grew up there. My uncle Terry was, uh, started out as a tour guide there. And same as my dad. My dad, started, my dad started his tour guide as well. Yeah, and then they ended up in, in kind of the same department, and they built a lot of the things. Uh, Terry was the uh, ended up as the executive vice president, and general manager of the theme park, not That's of right. the uh, of the studio itself. And my dad was the entertainment director of the theme park, and they were basically best friends. Yeah, for uh, for a long, long, long time. time, very close. And when did we find that out? It wasn't until Terry had passed away, and which um, I think it was about ten years ago. Go? No, no, it had to be, no, because no. I've been at Masters for seven. No, it was so probably it, like maybe five years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's right. We, we were hanging out after mixing a film. We over we went over to, to Baja Fresh, where we, that's, <laughs> that's like right. our place to, that's to our, go Which walk. is gone now. The Baja we always used to go to is gone. It became something else, and yeah. then it became, you know, Patio Tapatio, which is a new place, and it's okay. It's a little expensive, but not bad. But we're not doing placement for them, so until yeah, so they sponsor the show. <laughs> so forget it. <laughs> and it was, yeah, so we were just chatting about uh, something about Universal Studios, and you were like, Okay, well, I think I know a little bit more about this than you guys, <laughs> and you, and you probably do, and uh, uh, and uh, we said something about how, um, you know, yeah, Uncle Terry did uh, did something, and uh, and you're like, wait a minute, Terry Winnick, and we're like, yeah, how do you know that name? You're like, yeah, I I've known him my whole life, yeah. pretty much, yeah, and um, and you said something about uh, at the memorial, which was just like a couple weeks before that, you said, you know, that your dad had spoken at yes. the memorial, and I was like, really. Only four people spoke, his his wife, his son, my cousin, me, and Jerry Green. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. Is Jerry Green Matt Green's dad? How did I n- <laughs> what a coincidence. know that? Yeah. And so, yeah, your brother was there, and I got to meet him, too. Yeah. Such a, such a, it's such a small world. Uh, you wait, know, that's not a universal thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a... It's sponsored you know, by Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, it, it's so crazy. Just, you know, and again, we sat in classes nearby each other and, in high school and had no clue. And that was back when, you know, my dad and your uncle, you know, were together every day. Yeah, and not only at Universal for, for decades, but there was a short stint where uh, Terry they, had left to go to the Orlando. San Diego Zoo. And then oh, that's in, right. in Orlando. And the, and the San Diego Zoo. So I have some great memories of that. So when he did the San Diego Zoo, my dad went down and hosted a bunch of the shows with Joan Embry. So Joan Embry was back in the day when Johnny Carson had the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the animal wrangler that he would always bring on. And so I got to go to Joan Embry's house. I sat on a couple of matter of fact, was bucked off one of her horses. Uh, and at that at that same time uh, is when they had Castle Lay. Castle Lay is the horse from the Black Stallion. Oh. I sat on that horse. I have a picture somewhere at my house. Wasn't a Black Stallion, by the way. Legs were white. I had to paint it. I know I just wrecked your childhood, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was really, I have some fun, very fond memories of the San Diego zoo. 
You know what else is kind of funny? Uh, I was cleaning out uh, when my dad and I were flipping houses. We There was this guy that had like this old memorabilia. Like he had tons and tons of stuff. And he took some of it with him. But a lot of it he just left, like a lot of the junk. Mm-hmm. And I found like these old VHS and three-quarter inch tapes promoting they're like press kits from like different films and tv shows and i found something from universal studios from back of the day it was like a, a, a press kit video or it was like your day at universal or something like that and in the animal actor stage is my brother uh, i see yeah like what's your name jonathan and i was like wait a minute yeah so my uh i remember them filming that so they they did a they actually filmed the entire animal actors show and they always brought a little boy uh, or girl up um typically it was a little boy uh, for this one segment of the show, and uh, yeah, and, I know the bit, and uh, and they used my brother uh, when they actually recorded it and did the filming. I think it's especially embarrassing for a boy. Yeah, for right. This particular bit. Yeah, right. Because the the orangutan goes out and grabs a brazier and you know goes back <laughs> over there. Yeah. Um, and because you're supposed to whisper something to the right. to, to the, the g- monkey and say, uh, hey, you know, go bring back orangutan. This article of orangutan. Okay. Yes, it's still let's get <laughs> it's to, to the primate. <laughs> so yeah, you you, you got to whisper something like, that's okay, right. go like a hat. Bring they back say, something. You can tell, and it's actually a dog. Dog, right that's right the, no it's an orangutan right no it's a dog it, it's a dog you whisper it to the dog the dog goes back grabs it and brings out a hat like so you can take two things and so then he's whisper another thing and it's like a, maybe it's supposed to be a shirt this thing goes back and then it's a it's a brassiere and then the orangutan with a towel wrapped around it comes walking out his that's dog. that's what this bit was yeah, yeah yes yeah. stole it stole it from yes. from the orangutan that's okay. right that's right that was that was mm-hmm. pretty funny that's, it was yeah mm-hmm. and it's always embarrassing because it's a you know this little boy that oh you asked these little yeah so, in front of hundreds <laughs> yeah. of people right so uh i remember them doing that and they used my brother because i'm sure he was free uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yes, yeah, so we had a lot, like growing up at universal, we, I had so mem- many memories of those. I remember my dad, um, this was at the height of the eighties when, uh, different strokes was huge, right? Mm-hmm. So you had Gary Coleman and, uh, Kim, Kim, um, I forget her name. And then Fields. I only remember Gary Coleman okay. who later ran for governor. <laughs> yeah. Well, so everybody ran for governor. Um, and uh, my dad had set it up that they were going to be doing some kind of live thing. And so I was going to get to go meet them. And it was just going to be me backstage with them. And I've been looking forward to it all week. And I get to go meet Gary Coleman. I mean, this is like the biggest show on TV, right? So I walk into that room and I see them and I just froze. Mm. And I was so, like, I did, I don't remember, I don't remember saying anything. And so I'm like, ah, oh, man, what a bummer. But yeah, so I've met Gary Coleman and all them at the oh, height okay. of the, at the height of different strokes, baby. You know, so wow, yeah, that's that's a pretty cool. Uh, I'm sure you've <laughs> yeah. got tons of celebrity stories and celebrity friends who you bring in on on different projects. Um, before we get into the current stuff, I want to talk sure. about your your beginnings because I know that you've you've written uh, stuff for TV, you've optioned mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, how did you kind of get into the world of filmmaking? So growing up at, and I'm I'm just curious if this is the same way it was for you. So growing up at the the studio Universal, it was tough to. Like, how do you grow up around that and not want to be a part of it? Right. So, I mean, was it the same for you? I was very much inspired by it. Like, even though we were kind of hanging out on the theme park end and not yeah. so much the studio, yeah. the, the studio tour was always really exciting. Right. And, and to be able to see where stuff happened. And I think also just kind of living in Southern California and you know people who know people. Like, right. uh, you know, there, there's that magic. And so but I was like, making videos even as a kid. But there's four brothers in, in the young family. Yeah, yeah. And three of which have all gone into content creation, media, and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So that's got to say, I mean, the, again, that didn't happen 
in you know my kids they're growing up around it none of them want to do it no come on <laughs> they your, don't. Your, your kids are getting into no, it they don't they don't want to do daughter's getting into the program your son's got like my two, my two, daughter's my daughter wants TV to be series and my daughter wants to be poli sci major which um i totally find i've told my, my so my parents and i'm sure your parents are the same my parents were super supportive mm-hmm. when i was growing up they're like listen find your passion go do that i don't they didn't want to pigeonhole me into something and I appreciate that. Well, so I'm the same way with my kids. I'm like, if they want to do this, awesome, but I'm not going to push them into you know it because funny? it's not a passionate. That, that's still like the opposite of, of a lot of parents. Like oh, if, totally. if your daughter wants to get into poli sci, you're like, okay, but maybe you should do filmmaking to fall back on. <laughs> and nowadays, right? Yeah. It's like, maybe, you know, that used to be everything our parents said growing up, you can't make money at or all the things you can make way more money at now. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Well, I, you know, my, my youngest brother, Sean, uh, started doing videos on Vine when he was in high school right. and he started uh, getting like sponsored video posts where he'd get a few thousand bucks or a thousand, uh, few, yeah, like thousands of hours to make like these little six second videos. And I remember like, you know, my parents are always supportive of everything, but they were like, well, you got to fall back on something. You know, if you like sports, maybe go to school for, you know, kinesiology or something, but making videos on Vine like isn't a career. And now he makes a living creating TikTok videos. Right. I mean, that, that's like a, a real thing. And, and not everybody can, obviously your brother's naturally gifted with that kind of stuff, right? Um, and he's, he's a hustler and he's sharp. And so he knows how to maneuver. So, but again, it speaks to the fact that, hey, if you're gifted at that kind of stuff, you can make a good living doing these things. You know, we have uh, the chair of our department uh, at Masters, Bob Dixon, Dr. Bob Dixon. His daughter graduated a few years ago from Masters. And through the pandemic, uh, she was working for a marketing company, got laid off. During the pandemic, she's like, okay, well, I started doing the TikTok and the Twitch and, and blew up, blew up playing video games. Yeah. And, and building an audience and a connection with people because it's a communal thing, right? Everybody desires to be a part of something. And, and that's what some of these, these social media platforms have done is given people a community and she's used that in, in a brilliant way. And she's super sharp with, with what she does and her content and the way that she interacts with her audience. And, and that's, she's, she's killing it. She's killing it. Yeah. You know, it, it took me a while to understand why people want to watch someone else play video games. Because for me, like I'd rather like play a game than watch somebody play it. Right. But what I figured out is if you like doing something, you probably like watching that thing too. Like watch people that are really good at it. Like some, I don't want to watch people play golf on TV, but if I love to play golf, maybe I want to watch the really good people play golf yeah. or people who uh, I can't imagine watching the food network and you know, the <laughs> cooking shows. Really? Yeah. I'm not into that at all. No, but so if I enjoyed cooking, maybe yeah. I'd want to see that. Okay. Or uh, I think the reason that travel vloggers are so popular is because people that love to travel or wish that they could want to see through somebody else's lens. And that goes, you know what for, I'm seeing come up in my Instagram feed right now? is these short little tutorials on how to do stuff on Photoshop. Yeah, and like, I, oh, I get a lot of that too. Yeah, and, I'm but, si- and I just watch them. Yeah, I'm like, oh. They know that oh, you watch them too. <laughs> of course they do, right? But back to that thing. I like doing stuff in Photoshop. I like doing design and everything like that. And so, boom, I'll sit there and watch the little, little bit. And I guess obviously there's a lot worse stuff I could be watching on that. So if that's what's in my feed, I guess it's a little encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 get, I get a lot of like photography tips and tricks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I started looking up. Um, when I started teaching, I, I better learn this stuff. And YouTube is such a great resource because everything you want to know is is out there. It is. So speaking of uh, teaching, uh, you went from Br- producing brilliant content. segue. By the way, yeah. this is why you're the, the you're the host. <laughs> that was so good. This is this is why I hired myself <laughs> for, that, for this gig. Um, you got into teaching at the Masters University. Yes, I did. And basically rebuilt the program. I mean, there's kind of like a 
uh, a pre Prof Green era, and then there's like the the, the newer era. And uh, the students seem to be really getting a lot out of it. And you guys do things a little bit differently than anywhere else. And so I, I'd like to hear a little bit about how the program operates and the different kind of productions that, that you've done over the years. Sure. Uh, so I came back uh, about seven years. I came to the university seven years ago when uh, Dr. Bob Dixon, I mentioned just a few minutes ago, uh, became the chair of the department. And I'd known him um, in the past. Uh, and he said, Hey, uh, he knew my background and was like, would you want to come teach some courses with us? You know, they had a program, uh, and it was called electronic media and had been running since the nineties. Uh, and back in the nineties, electronic media kind of was a term that was often used for, you know, programs like that. Okay. And, um, but at this point in the two thousands, it had become archaic in terms of name, you know, because content creation is just. It's not electronic. It's so much more than that, right? Yeah. And so um, he said, would you? And I said, I said, I don't want to teach. I have no desire. I don't want to do that. I hated school. So something that we didn't talk about when we talked about the school is I graduated high school a year early because I wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, went into um, junior college at College of the Canyons and just did not take it seriously. I wasn't ready to be a student. And um, when I got married in 2003, my wife had graduated, uh, had her degree. And she's like, you know, you should really think about going and getting your bachelor's. And so I did uh, about a year, two years into our marriage, or a year or two years into our marriage, got my bachelor's. Um, so that's when you started taking it seriously. You were 25 when you started so like, I, really. I, so I went back and did school. I had a new appreciation because now I was, you know, I was working in the industry. I, I was doing business stuff and uh, I had done other jobs, worked for different companies outside of the industry as well. And I, I understood I wanted to be better. So I got my bachelor's in business. And that has been instrumental in helping me on the producing side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so he's like, well, having that bachelor's, little did I know, would be allow me then to be able to teach later on. All these things, how, um, how they work out. You know, I'm not somebody who just believes in luck or anything like that. Again, I, I'm a Christian. And so I believe that providentially all these things play out for a reason. And so um, it came about. And Bob reached out to me and I said, oh, like I said, I don't want to teach. I hate school. Uh, but I was like, he's like, well, just do two classes. Just do two classes. That's a lot. It, it is. Yeah. As an adjunct, you know, I was starting as an adjunct. He says, if you don't, and if you like that, great. You can come on full time. If you don't like it, you know, no harm, no foul. So I was like, all right, I'll get in there and do it. And um, I loved it. Like almost, I, I saw the possibilities. Uh, all the things that, um, that I had learned over the years I was now being given the opportunity to try and impart to other people. And I think there's great value in trying to encourage people with these artistic gifts towards using them for some kind of purpose. And, um, and so um, I started, and it started with two, and then the next year they brought me on full-time. And immediately my goal was, I was like, listen, we're not USC, we're not UCLA, we're not um, New York Film School. We're, we're, we're not Biola, APU, in terms of size and scope of what we can do with facility. So I said, we've got to come up with ways to be unique. And um, I like those type of challenges because it forces me to get creative. And so that's the business. So to me, not having the resources that somebody else might have, well, that's independent filmmaking at its best, right? And so you get creative. And out of not much money is when you typically get the most creative. 
And so um, I said, we've got we've to do stuff when a student leaves here. They've got to have stuff that looks good for their reel and stuff for the resume credits. And so we started about two years into the program, um, this thing called the Winterum production that we do every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first time we did it was a, um, a 1940s film noir, black and white, um, short, uh, about 23 minute. So it's almost like a little mini pilot uh, called A Hard Gamble. And to this day, it's one of my favorite things we've ever done. Because it really plays like an old 1940s noir. I love noir. Uh, and so I actually taught a class at Masters that I've now passed on to another professor, but all on film noir. Um, it's, again, it's, it's, it's what's great about noir is, is you can, first of all, it's very stylized. In yeah, terms I was of story say, what, and structure. What makes something noir? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's the lighting. It's so a lot the of people think that, yes, it's, it's so the, the film noir means too, though. It is. So the, the film noir the, um, is, uh, the, it means black film. Mm-hmm. So inherently it deals with shadows, um, but you can have noir in color as well. Uh, matter of fact, there's a whole new set since like the early, um, uh, early 80s uh, called neo noir. Uh, where it would be using some of the kind of the lighting kind of style that you have here, but it's dealing with darker subject matters. Uh, typically, it deals with the human condition. So, uh, film noir started in the 1940s with a movie called Double Indemnity. That's where yeah, they, they one of my favorites. Love it. It's a great movie, and um, it's Fred McMurray, who most people again from my generation remember from Disney movies. Uh, you know, absent-minded professor and some of these Disney oh, yeah, Disney okay. classics, uh, the Shaggy Dog, and he plays this salesman, this insurance salesman, and there's always a femme fatale. Uh, and uh, but what I love about noir is, like I said, it deals with the human condition, allows you to get into some really interesting topics and subject matter, uh, and 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 those old movies are great too because, um. I think now, a lot of films nowadays, everything's shown, right? A lot mm. of these old movies dealt with subtext. And that's what's not said. And what's not said is often more powerful from a storytelling standpoint than what is said. I can put stuff, imply things to you as a viewer. Let your imagination take over. That's far more powerful. It's what Spielberg did with Jaws. That's why that movie works so well, because you are the one who's creating the imagery before you see that shark. Of what's going on. Yeah, we, we see it a, a bit. But, a little bit. But, but what we see isn't that convincing. So 100%. So um, Hitchcock was a master at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you didn't see most of the violence in his films. It was all implied violence. Well, and also you weren't allowed to. Like, he was heavily okay. censored. Like but, for- but because of that, he was forced to come up with creative ways. And he realized it shaped how he made movies because he understood it was far more powerful to do that's why the whole MacGuffin component mm-hmm. came up, where he created this device that you don't know what it is necessarily, but you know there's something. Well, now the imagination takes over. It could be this, it could be that, and it plays and it's far more powerful. Yeah, well, he, he also had elements that the characters cared a great deal about, but weren't that important to the, to the story. You know, like sure. in, in Psycho, for example, one of my favorites when uh, Marion steals that forty thousand bucks. It's a big deal for her and for the detective and for you know the people who lost it. But a few minutes into the story, that's she's very irrelevant. It's irrelevant because she's killed off, right? She's killed off, and then that's not what the story's about at all. Yeah, it's a total misdirect in regards to what the real um, crux of the story is. 
So, um, you know, I, I don't even know how we got off on, onto this. Well, we're, we're talking about uh, Hard Campbell and like, oh, the yeah, the, that's right. Okay. Different, so different uh, programs. <laughs> See, I'll just get going. This is the teacher side of me. I just start talking and rambling. You'll have to, you got to corral me. That's okay? good. Yes. Yeah, so you, right. you could fill the whole class period with, uh, with <laughs> chit chat. Just chit chat. <laughs> but it wasn't just chit chat, there was substance to what we were talking about. Uh, so we, we did um, an original musical. Which was, I mean, you got to, you were there when we record, we went down to Capitol Records and recorded, which is, you know, we were in the room where the Beatles and some of the most famous acts had recorded mm-hmm. their and got to hear a, you know, 30 piece orchestra record in there. It was phenomenal. It was such an experience. Yeah. So that, that's one of my favorite things about working uh, with the Masters University. There's a few things going on there. One is I feel like, um, usually in film schools, because I, I I went to Cal State Northridge and they had a they had a pretty good program. And yeah, I was happy got, with all the instructors that I had there. They got a great program. But I think like most programs, they're just like, okay, well, the five of you are going to have to get together and like make a film, and you just have to go out and figure some stuff out. Sure. And at the time, we were just like shooting on film. I, I don't think anyone's doing that anymore. But it, you get to be a director in this film, and on the next one, you get to be an editor, and on the next one, you get to be the DP. And just kind of figure things out. And so that's kind of what I did. And so when I graduated, I felt like I was kind of a uh, jack of all trades, but master of none. When there were other students that they worked on five projects and they were the editor on every single one of them. And they ended up with a really good editing reel, but they still had to figure everything out on their own. Versus what you're doing over at the Masters University is you bring on uh, professionals from different aspects of the industry to work alongside the students. And so they get to, to work with professional like union lighting yeah grip so, and lighting and right and DP so and again a lot of departments it's mostly theoretical and then here's the equipment go make it right which there is value and we still do that mm. in our program okay uh but we always do these one these winter productions uh where the students get you know they're right now the one we just did which was a tv pilot called the shade it's a superhero tv pilot that you came and worked with us on Mm -hmm. uh and you've worked on every single project that we have done since i started at masters yeah just just to recap we had like a sci-fi we had a a film that took place on a spaceship that's right we had a a musical that was inspired like after the students saw la la land and said yeah we want to make one of these. Right. We had the yeah, the film noir. Right. We had a Western, which was so cool to go out there and shoot on location, yep. like with horses, with yeah, firearms. We, we took 61 students at the height of COVID, took 61 students. Well, we, have, we have a new height, but at the time. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Okay. So that's one of the things that, well, yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. But um, yeah, at the height of COVID, I mean, this was at, like the height of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the restrictions, everything, we took 61 students and- 10 or 15 industry professionals out three hours from here uh, in the middle of nowhere and shot and no one came down with COVID. Yeah. That was a blessing. That was, that was, pro- that was again, the, I think the Lord kind of watching over us and, and looking out for us, but you've been on every single project you've been. And this is why I think you're teaching now because you have that natural um, desire to share knowledge with other people. Uh, and, um, and so you've, you've worked on every project, uh, in sometimes different capacities. Uh, and so, yeah, we did that. But, and then five years into the program, we made a feature film, uh, which I'll be honest with you, uh, is the way that all came about and happened was so outside of my control. Um, it, this department, uh, you know, filmmaking, right? It's not one person, right? It, it's, 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 I've been blessed to have so the support of the administration, um, because I've some of this stuff was outside their wheelhouse, and I've come in with some crazy ideas, 
And they've been nothing but supportive of wanting to do this stuff because they understand like this is a, a like you said, a budding, um, a growing industry. Uh, and it's not just filmmaking. It's not just TV. It's, you know, content creation and all the different facets that it takes on. And and so when I came in and pitched them the, the feature film, they they were super supportive. I love that every time you pitch something to them. They've said they've said yes. They, they bite, yeah. They said yes. Now again, we're we're again the producer side of me. I try to do stuff that's not crazy, right? In terms of financial costs and all that kind of stuff, I try to be respon- fiscally responsible. Yeah, with, but when you're when you've produced a lot of ten to fifteen minute films, and you're like, okay, how about a feature length film? That's a it's that's a big a jump. big deal. Yeah, it is a big jump. The crazy thing about that movie is we shot the entire movie in eight days, which is nuts. Now for a feature film, I think. Standard is like thirty days. I mean, so your your um, your hallmarks, all those, they shoot fifteen. Okay, well, um, yeah, TV so, movies, sure. But again, those you know, there's a pipeline. You know, that's the same companies coming in, boom, 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 making these things. So it's a well-oiled machine. Uh, you know, twenty days on a low budget is is pretty standard. Okay, and uh, and so we did it in less than half of that. And um, and so is it the movie perfect? No, uh, but I'm really proud of what we did. We had 50 students that worked on that. Uh, on the TV pilot that we just did, it was 90% student uh, and 10% professional on yeah. that on that show, which speaks to um, I think the other professors. Uh, that we've been blessed, the other professionals that have been there working, because these students now have worked with, many of these students have worked with you on numerous projects. Uh, and so with that, that builds consistency. And so they're they're learning all these different things, that all these different areas. That they, it's such an immersive, these winter ones, they run over a week. Uh, and so we shot the pilot in a week. Uh, and it's it's immersive. There's not anything like that in terms of you're, you're there, you're, we built a really cool set, uh, and the students are just there and it's, it's, I tell them at the beginning, it's going to feel like a camp because you're going to go and it's you're gonna, in the middle. You're like, Oh my gosh, whew, this is so much work. And at the end you're going to be like, it's over. Really? Yeah. Oh, like, can't we, can't we, can't we shoot, keep shooting? Yeah. And, and, and the students are, are awesome. I love working with them, uh, every year and every semester because they have such a, a, a desire to learn. Like they, they want to get their hands dirty and, and, and do everything. So some students are eager to go out there and be in the action and, and boom, and they get to listen to it in, in real time and they can see how the they're holding it and how that affects the audio. Other students want to be, um, you know, controlling the, the soundboard or they want to be, uh, you know, clapping the slate and marking everything and, or communicating with everyone. And because uh, I, I work mostly in the um, sound, you know, production and post-production. And some of the students, as you said, I've gotten to work with on multiple productions some of them I've even had uh, intern that's right. for me yes, you've o- had, over the years. That's right. You've had a couple do that. And that's been a blessing for us. So, and I tell the people this all the time, the relationship that I have with you and your brother Ryan with RK uh, Studios is is not a working relationship. It's really like a family type of relationship. Um, I, it would feel out of sort for me to do a project without you guys because of, A, just the bond that we have. So, um any anybody who goes and does this knows that, like I said, it it takes a village of people to to make happen, and you guys come in and it's really where the movie gets made is on that post side. You know, we go and make it filming, 
But between the editor, the sound mixers, uh, the score, all that stuff, that's really where the movie comes together and feels like a movie uh, or a TV show. Yeah, it's fun watching the dailies, but you're right. It feels very different to see it after it's been color graded. And I hate showing people rough cuts of stuff that aren't in the industry because it's almost impossible mm-hmm. for them to visualize what it's going to be like when it's done. So you show them an, a rough cut and they're like, this is terrible. Like, <laughs> man, we made a mistake. <laughs> and, and so you, and you I, say I, never show your investors <laughs> until it's done. Is that's that, is that that's the right. And so I, I, you know, I'll tell them, I'll say, hey, listen, just, just trust me, you know, give me another month <laughs> and, uh, and we'll come. And that's one of the things that'll be happening, you know, in what um, we're going to, on the TV pilot, we're going to be locking that at the end of this month. Uh, and then it comes, it'll be coming to you guys uh, to start working on all the sound stuff. Yeah, so. that, that, that one's going to be an, an exciting one, as was the the Western, which is one that we did uh, last year. Um, what, some of the other projects, so, so you mentioned that the feature, um, what happens to that when, when it's done? Yeah. Is that something that the students get to, uh, like back in our day, we used to like make a DVD or a VHS and you put it on your shelf and you get to be proud of it for the rest of your life and no one else gets to see it. <laughs> right. Does anyone get to see these yeah, films? Yeah, sure. So all of our, all the content that we've done, whether it's a, a, sh- a big elaborate short film or the student short films, uh, the TV pilots, all that stuff is on our Vimeo page, uh, TMU comm department on Vimeo. Uh, but the feature film is on uh, streaming exclusively on a platform called Pure Flix. Uh, it's a faith-based film, and so th- that was a good uh, a good home for it. Right. So, so it actually it got distribution, got r- real distribution. Right, right. It's also on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon or buy it on Amazon. Yeah, how cool is uh, that? Yeah, for and students s- to see their name in the credits of something. Right, and so uh, the TV pilot. We'll see. We've got some places we want to take that to. Uh, we've got another series that we're uh, in development for that maybe we'll shoot this summer, maybe, maybe not. Uh, we just did, we're in post-production. This one's a long post-production process, but we're doing a kids' TV show called Franklin and Beans. We shot eight episodes, of which I think we'll have the first three because it's half live action, half animation. And so the animation stuff we're doing with students, and so it just takes longer, right? Yeah, my goodness. And, and so uh, I think at the end of this semester, we'll have three of the episodes completed. Uh, and so maybe that's what we'll do is we'll launch the first season has three episodes and it's going to take a little bit longer to get that one done. Uh, but you know, um, we're trying back to the f- being fiscally responsible. We're trying to do these things, you know, in, in a manner that's within our means budget wise. And so, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of really cool projects. Um, you know, got another West, like full length feature Western, uh, that is very close to going. So hopefully that that'll happen. And, um, I've uh, been working with a um, a, distribu- uh, a streaming platform called Vire that has all of our uh, uh, short films on there. Uh, we're also on another platform um, called Up um, TV. Uh, they actually are on um, a lot of cable um, platforms as well, but they also have a streaming platform. That's cool to be like have your shorts available because back in the day, uh, I, I used to love producing shorts because you could do it really quickly with your friends and get right. it out there. But uh, I, I work for a lot of s- companies in the uh, film distribution business and they are so not interested in acquiring shorts because at least back in the day they knew that nobody would touch a short with a 10-foot pole well, and there it's, was a there's weren't buying shorts yeah there was a point too where you could put your stuff on well there's you can still put your stuff on amazon uh they were allowing short films but i'm pretty sure they got rid of that um 
I don't know. Changed, I, I feel so. like in, in the world of digital distribution, though, like Netflix could totally have a 14-minute film, and it doesn't cost them anything. They're not scheduling it theatrically. They're not trying to sell uh, a 14-minute film next to uh, Transformers on, on the shelves at Walmart. Like, you could watch it and then, and then move on. Mm-hmm. So I feel like all the platforms could totally have shorts now, and it's awesome because I love working on shorts. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Again, it's a good uh, way to be able to be experimental in terms of just uh, genres and everything like that. It's funny. We've done pretty much every genre. Um, and so I'm trying to think, like, well, what did we do? I'm not sure what we did. Yeah, so you've done the, the sci fi film, you've right, done noir, you we've did, done the musical, got the musical, we've done you, drama, we've done um, the western, we've done the superhero film. That's right. So, like, what's what's next? I like, know. You've, you've conquered I don't know. every, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I guess, you know, the students are only there for four years, so you can kind of start just do uh, it all over again. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just remake everything. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> sequels. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Well, again, hopefully the series, something will come of that and um, we could do more episodes. Okay. Uh, well, I know, I know you didn't run out of creativity, so you've, you've got something cool in the pipeline, yeah. no doubt. I'll, I just got to go take a shower. That's usually where the ideas come. <laughs> well, everyone's got their inspiration. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, Matt, I'm so glad that, that uh, you got to come in and chat with me about all this stuff today. Uh, you've been a great mentor for me in, uh, in, Listen, as I learned how to teach. You're, you're very kind. I have not. If anything, I've learned stuff from you. So I, I, you're very gracious, but thank you. But Well, here's to, uh, to 25 more years and, uh, and, and working together and, and staying friends. Thanks, dude. Appreciate you and your whole family. The Youngs, RK Studios. Make sure you, uh, you need any post-production services. This is the only place to come to. It took that long to get to, to the plug. <laughs> well, thank you guys all for listening. This is The Exploring Podcast. My name is Corin Young. This podcast is available on uh, Apple Music. Google uh, Podcasts, uh, Amazon, Pandora, wherever you get your podcast. If you like it, please give it a five-star review and subscribe. Thanks for listening.